The Dead Show of the Month Podcast. Welcome back to the Dead Show of the Month Podcast. It's me, your old friend Dave, and we're back with another amazing journey with the Grateful Dead and Friends. Joining us back in studio, a grandfather twice over since we last met up, right? Yeah, that's right. It's our co-host, Bob. How you doing today, man? Real good. Real good. It's uh, celebrating the uh, birth of grandchildren still and for quite a time to come, I'm sure. Yeah, you're grandfatherly. Yeah. I'm gray, for sure, yes. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, everybody's uh, ha- happy and healthy, so that's all that matters. Good. I, I agree with that. So, last month, I, I'm sure you listened. We did part one of our three-part series into something. We're not being mm-hmm. too aware of it. So, this is part two of it this month. And uh, we're talking, of course, of Dead Show of the Month number 188, which is The Grateful Dead from Amsterdam, Netherlands. Now, do you say Amsterdam, the Netherlands, or just Amsterdam, Netherlands? What is the name? Do you I have to say the Netherlands? I think you say the Netherlands. Okay. Yes. Pretty sure. October 16th, 1981, found the Grateful Dead in Amsterdam, the Netherlands. It's odd that we would say the Netherlands as opposed to the France or the Spain, because right. we don't say that. So we don't, we thank don't you say, for bringing that up. We don't say Deutschland either, though. We don't say Deutschland. It always confuses me when I watch the Olympics, and I'm like, what, who the hell is Deutschland? <laughs> Deutschland? Why do they call themselves that? Those people are stupid. Don't they know they're Germans? Anyway, I digress. <laughs> okay. This isn't Germany. Uh, what we have, again, 101681 from the Melkweg, or what is translates into the English as the Milky Way hash bar in, in Amsterdam, the Netherlands. What... What an interesting spot to see the Grateful Dead. Yeah, I didn't know that was the translation. I guess it's pretty straightforward, but um, there you go. So yeah, yeah, and this is good stuff. We got lots to talk about this month, but um, I'll just say that this isn't the longest show, and it's not the most precisely played show, but anyone who was there says that it was way out there. What I can tell you is I have the finest recording of that night. It's a Hunter Siemens Matrix. It's ah. not perfect. This is one of those more often than not things where it's like the best shows out there just aren't recorded really mm. extremely mm. well but hunter did a bang up job on this one before he I, I don't know if he's been doing stuff lately or not i haven't i haven't noticed but either way thank you for this one hunter siemens uh, another thing of note bob I, I hear that the capacity of this venue is somewhere between four and five hundred people wow and they did little to no advertising around Amsterdam. So this was mostly the hardcore tour people from America that were on Europe 81 that, you know, found out about this impromptu show. Mm -hmm. There was this one, there was the night before, and there was a few nights before that where it was just Jerry and Bobby, where they did stuff at this, at this bar. They liked it. They had a good time. You know what? Let's get rolling. We'll, we'll gab later. Okay. All right. This is good. (laughs) This is dead show of the month. Number 188, the Grateful Dead from Amsterdam on October 16th, 1981. You guys enjoy and we'll meet you back here at halftime. System. Oh, that one. How's it? How's system is on. I need a little more of my guitar. Oh, 
We're going to do a song about tragedy narrowly averted. Thank you. 
design Nothing to tell them Let the words be yours I'm done with mine
big break. Little never alone in a sharp thing, but I ain't never ashamed. I think that I'm taking hard since you broke me off with a car.
Acoustic Dead, Bob, and they even gave a nice little ripple in the water there at the end. Uh, cool little surprise. Yeah, um, awesome. Just, uh, I love the acoustic sets when they were doing them. They they added a lot uh, for me, and um, 
here it's you know what's also interesting is they're, I think they're using borrowed instruments. Yes. So this is not their usual stuff, but they're they're doing what they do uh, in spite of that. Yeah, Bobby was supposedly on like a Japanese-made knockoff Telecaster. Jerry was on like a Yamaha cheapy guitar. Uh, I've seen photos. I don't recognize the bass that Phil's playing, and I've read, uh, sadly, in all the research that I've done on this show because I wasn't there. That's one thing that's kind of up for debate. It, Phil may may or may not be the only one with his actual bass, hmm. uh, but highly doubtful that he had his rig. Right. Yeah, the right. drummers were on smaller drum sets. Brent apparently was on a Rhodes, a beat-up old Rhodes. And as we just said, the guitarists were on borrowed guitars and amplifiers. Small room, sweaty is all shit. Uh, every review talked about how absolutely hot and sticky and... and that's probably what led to it not being the longest or more precisely or jammed out show is it uh from it literally sounds like it was um more so survival than at most dead shows there always is that kind of survival aspect yes (laughs) yes yes well having experienced that myself yeah well you know the survival aspect that sounds like it was taken up a couple notches like you know think vegas you know 92 uh, outdoors in the sun. It, it sounds like it was that hot and humid in in the Milky Way hash bar right. place in Amsterdam, the Netherlands. Yeah. Yeah. So crazy tour that they were on here. They were in Europe in 1981. This is kind of there was three big Europe tours and two kind of smaller jaunts I would call them. And those, by the way, should be looked into more than they are. And that would be the uh, the 74 Europe tour mm-hmm. that was quick. Yeah. And these two little jaunts through Europe in 1981. They're, they're, these are all overlooked. And it was hard to tell what the acoustic stuff that happened in the first set. But they're going to electrify in the second set. It gets a good, a gooder. Gooder? G- goodest. I, I don't know how you would call it. But crazy tour here. Uh, Pete Townsend played with them yeah. earlier. I think that was on the earlier run. If, I don't know if that was on the March run, because that might have just been England. I don't know. I don't have the book in front of me. but That, that was in uh, Germany that he played with them, I think. Yeah, on it? that show. Right. That TV Rock, rock Plast. 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 Yeah, that's yeah. It. Some that's cool it. stuff from that show back in the day. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, Bob, it's halftime. You know what we do at halftime is we uh, distract people with stupid commentary and good music. What good music did you bring to us this month? Well, reaching back in time to... Uh, Bill Monroe and the Bluegrass Boys. Nice. 1969. Got some of that crazy mandolin and some of that rootsy bluegrass that uh, Bill um, Bill took a lot of credit for. He got a lot of credit for it, and he took a lot of credit for it, apparently, too. Yep. Uh, so, for sure. Um, but, yeah, there's some sweet stuff on here. Uh, resonates with me still today, and it's a good recording. And I think uh, people are going to enjoy this. Well, let's go with it. Let's. Uh, this is Bill Monroe and the Bluegrass Boys from 1969. You know where it's from, Bob? Or is that? Yeah, it's from uh, uh, Bean Blossom, Indiana. Bean Blossom, Indiana, in 1969. You guys enjoy it, and we'll see you here when they're done. This is the Weber Dude, and you're listening to the Dead Show of the Month podcast. Let's welcome Bill Monroe and the Bluegrass Boys.
Howdy, folks, howdy. We're glad to be back here for the for the last of the Bluegrass Festival here on the last part of the show. I'd like to call the names off right quick and get right along with our part. On the left-hand side with the guitar is my son, James Monroe, born and raised in Nashville, Tennessee. And a boy with the bass fiddle from Ann Arbor, Michigan, Douglas Green, let's give Doug a hand. And with the five-string banjo from Muscle Shoals, Alabama, Rural Yarber, make him up. And for the greatest old-time fiddler in the business on the right-hand side from Jenkins, Kentucky, Kenny Baker, let's make Kenny up. All right, now we have a brand new uh, release on uh, with Alvin here along with uh, Brother Charlie Monroe and one of the numbers that we have in it is called the Louisville Breakdown. Thank you. 
Thank you, thank you. Now I'll try to do a few solo numbers for you, and uh, I just wondered if you would like to call out a few. Goodbye, old pal. Goodbye, old pal, all right.
If I could get this microphone to lower down a little bit. I'd like to, to do this for uh, Mr. Phil Williams. It's sitting right here. Uh, Dusty Miller.
Thank you. Thank you a lot. Now the bluegrass uh, uh, quartet. We're going to get them to do number four here tonight. That brings in uh, Rule Jarber, Doug uh, Green, James Monroe, and myself. And I believe that we will do the number that Hank Williams wrote, entitled, I Saw the Light.
I dropped in to see her, there was a big round moon. Her mother said she just stepped out, but it'd be returning soon. I found her little footprints and I dragged him through the snow. And I found her when the snow lit on the ground. I traced a little footprints in the snow. I found a little footprints in the snow. Lord, I lived that happy day that many long to wait. For I found her when the snow lit on the ground. Up in heaven, she's with the angel band. I know I'm going to meet her in that promised land. But every time the snow falls, it brings her back memory. But I found her when the snow lit on the ground. I traced a little footprints in the snow. I found a little footprints in the snow. Oh, I'm blessed and a happy day. Not any long to wait. But I found her when the snow lit on the ground. Nice, Bob. Solid contribution there with uh, the Bill Monroe stuff. Um, I, you had mentioned him getting and giving and get, getting and taking credit for being, you know, perhaps the master of bluegrass. And while I think that probably is up for debate, I think it would be safe to say he was one of the like founding forefathers of the genre. Yeah, definitely. Uh, if he's not the guy, then he's one of the guys because you can't like really forget Ralph Stanley. You know, you talk about Vassar Clements. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Good for Bill. As you guys just heard, good, damn good stuff. Oh, yeah. Much fun. Much I mean, fun. And <laughs> uh, shifting gears a little bit, we always say we're going to talk about this stuff, and we rarely do. Okay. But Bob and I went out on a field trip last month. We did. Yeah, with we his did. lovely wife, Ruth. We went and saw Dead & Company at Dodger Stadium here in Los Angeles, California. And that was that was fun, Bob. I, I had a blast. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, just being there for that show was was really good. I, I got into it. I enjoyed it. It wasn't hard. Uh, got to see some friends here and there. Yeah. Uh, not a lot because, no. it, you know, it was a burner of a day again. Yes. Uh, just like the last time they played there a few years back. And so hanging out in the parking lot and, and being casual was not really in the cards no it was like you wanted to get out of the parking lot and go into the show just because you knew you could find a spot where the shadow and there'd be at least shade right right dodger stadium is not one of those places noted for its ample amounts of shade on the uh, exterior there so but but other than that dude damn good musical presentation there and uh, i know they're out on the road still as we speak we try to keep this timeless but I know Billy Kreutzman is having some issues again, physically, medically, something going on. I, I haven't, I quit Facebook, Bob. So I'm like really out of the loop on shit mm. that I used to be really dialed in on. Right, right. So yeah, I I've been, he, yeah, I think I've been it's his shoulder now. Shoulder, okay. Yeah, I think that's what's going on. And he actually, uh, Jay Lane played the other night and then Billy came out during the drums and stayed out like for the rest of the set. So I, I, I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. Jay Lane's badass too. Yeah, as long as they get, you know, that many people up there, they seem to be able to make the music do things. And, yeah. Uh, somewhere on this tour, they did uh, broke out a, a supplication. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. With the words and everything? Or just a yeah, jam? Yeah, just, 
It was the jam with the words. Oh, so they, wow. they didn't do the lazy lightning. They fucking kicked ass at Dodger Stadium, and they kicked ass the last time I saw them. They're freaking good. Yeah, they a um, couple of shows there in Boulder that we caught were just outstanding. Got to share it with some uh, Pitt's friends. Uh, one who came in from Romania by way of the UK Jesus. via New Jersey. Uh, so that was really cool. Uh, here's a shout out to Margaret and Nina and Stephen. Yeah, got to spend time with all those very sweet people. Very nice. Awesome. Yeah, I was just uh, at the show we went to at Dead & Company. I liked the Jack Straw, man, in the first set. I know they did some big bombers in the first set that were cool. It was a very immediate liftoff type show, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yep. The, the let, let the Good Times Roll to start it was, like, kind of deceiving because after that it was two big, fat jammers, like, yep. well executed. <clears throat> Right, right. But towards the end of the first set, they played that Jack Straw, which just friggin' leveled me, man. It was so damn good. And that the Stella Blue in the second set was remarkably good, man. I came over. That's right when I showed up that's right. where you and Ruth were at. And I was like, whoa, this is <laughs> powerful at this elevation here. I was a little higher than you were uh, in the in the stands. In the stands. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, I think we're about at the same level. For Probably, close. Probably. Probably close. Pretty close, yeah. Yeah. All right, so uh, we're getting back here. The second set here from the Netherlands. Milky Way Hash Bar. The Milky Way Hash Bar in the Netherlands with, like, the Grateful Dead and Rock Scully and probably, like, 40 or 50 crew people and another 400 hippies from all over the place that got themselves to Amsterdam to see this, which the first set, acoustic, very rare, even though they had mm-hmm. done the tour in 1980 a year before where there was right. a bunch of acoustic stuff. Not everybody got to go to those shows. Uh, and people that did probably were happy to that to see it reemerge out of nowhere, kind of. Really? So that's cool. Very much so. And then the second set, and again, we never try to give things up, but the second set is very outside of the norm for 1981. Yeah. Um, very much out of the norm. Yeah, completely. I mean, you get uh, half a handful of songs that came out of nowhere. Came yeah. out of nowhere. Right. Uh-huh. So, yeah. So this sweet. is a this is one of those, again, not the deepest, darkest, weirdest second set, but just imagine a room that probably comfortably holds 300 people having 500 people in it and sweaty and humid as all crap and smoky. Apparently, the, the, the Dutch. Is it, Netherlands the Dutch? Uh, the, yes, they are. Uh, they are. The Dutch. The Dutch. In the Netherlands. I don't know. They smoke heavy tobacco there. They do. And other things at the Milky Way hash bar, I'm sure. Hmm. Anyway, let's get going with it. This is the Grateful Dead second set from the Melkweg in Amsterdam. I almost said the Amsterdam, Netherlands, but it's actually Amsterdam, the Netherlands. On October 16th, 1981, you guys enjoy this odd second set, and we will see you here when it's all over.
understand I was laying in my bed and crying See the weather down here so fine. Just in the wind came squalling through the door. But who can the weather come in? Just
Take a look at poor people. 
So thank you very much. Again, Bob, not the longest or most jamming show and kind of no encore there, but knowing what it's all about, the show itself and where it's at and that time period in of itself where I think it's safe to say the Grateful Dead were kind of like a cult 
kind of underground cult in the early 80s. Like, I always oh, throw this yeah. at you. Like, yeah. you know, they had 70s popularity and they had late 80s, 90s popularity. This was kind of like the, the, the outback, you know? Yeah, it was definitely not um, – they, they were not as well followed or covered. Maybe the – I don't know. It, it, music always changes, right? Yeah. So, you know, the people looked elsewhere for their musical entertainment, perhaps, and maybe the media looked elsewhere. But these guys were out there cranking away, you know, plenty of, plenty of shows in 81. Yeah. And I uh, got to see a few of them, thankfully. They're damn good shows. It's a, it, you know, it, it's not as if they're playing poorly. I always think it's a factor of... I've put this out here a little bit before this, this 83, 84, and you can lump in 81 and 82 with it. You know what I mean? It's kind of the outback. I, I think it's really a product of MTV. Could have been. Yeah. MTV really did change music. It came out right around this time period. And the Grateful Dead were still out in 1981 through 84, which is probably, I would call it the early heyday of MTV. Right. Right. They were out there doing what they always did, which is go out on the road and put on a long, strong concert. As Bill Graham said, be not the best at what they do, but the only ones who do what they do. And there still was a market for it. You were going. Other people were going. They had fans. It just it wasn't like the Watkins Glen days anymore. And it wasn't like, you know, giant right. stadium to come yet. You know, it was right. just this weird kind of roller coaster ride they were on figuratively and literally uh but not too bad for a bunch of guys bumming around europe with a few extra days and uh using borrowed instruments no less uh, a great all-time show yeah. right there even though it's not one of the best all-time shows but people who attended that show will tell you that was this, you know my peak grateful dead moment from fans to pseudo quasi family like bob mink and the photographer put it right in his review of this show this was the highlight of my my grateful dead experience wow. and his grateful dead experience is pretty freaking fast <laughs> yeah, man. like okay <laughs> wow let's we should listen to this show probably definitely one that i can't believe we made it to 188 episodes to play because it's it is fun heading towards 200 next year huh? we're on our way yeah it's, Dang. we're getting closer if you want to email us about that or anything else and that's the only way you guys are going to be able to get a hold of team grateful dead podcast people here because we i i turned off the facebook i didn't like i turned it off i got off there i don't i that's the only the other way i was communicating with people from here mm. and it has stein i have noticed that while i've very much enjoyed and yes for all of you, you guys keeping track i quit smoking cigarettes and i'm still not smoking cigarettes fantastic dave damn near two months of that yeah, awesome yeah that is so, great dead show of the month at hotmail.com. That's Dead, dead show, show of the Month. Hotmail.com. Yeah. Yes. That place. It's it's older. We're go we're acting our age here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well anyway, enough of that. Um, we thanks for coming by. Yeah, yeah. Doing this. Pleasure. And uh, hey some other just some other miscellaneous music stuff. Uh, Billy Strings is just continuing to burn down the country. Uh, with his band, and uh, hope uh, our listeners have checked him out a little bit. And yeah, got to enjoy his unique little uh, expeditions. Yeah, he's freaking good. He's really good. That was our previous field trip up to. Uh, oh, the observatory. Yeah, we went and saw Billy Strings together. 
that was awesome. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we'll meet everybody back here next month for our final show of the three show series about something. You'll have to meet us back here next month to find out what it's all about. And as a bonus, it will we got a pretty damn good show. Yeah. Uh, but th- this is there's like a bunch of things weird connectors that these three shows have to each other. Well, and if they were paying attention to last month and now this month, uh-huh. they could probably build the connection. I don't know. Like I said, there's a couple of connections, okay. so that's yeah. that's why I'm, I'm saying there's there's a few things at play here. Right. There's the obvious that I would think everybody by now knows, but then there's some other subtle things as well. Okay. And it. it Everybody will see that it definitely conforms to my requirement of the if we're going to do a multi-show thing, there has to be that that diversity of what you're hearing from month to month, you know? Right. Like, I'm not just going to do, like, a two-night run month after month. Like, right. you know, haven't done that yet. Not not planning on it either. So if you're waiting for that day, don't. Um, anyway, uh, we'll meet you back here next month for that. This is the only place you're going to be able to tune in to hear the conclusion of my three-month journey. All so, right. Uh, for my co-host, Bob. It's me, your old friend Dave, saying so long from Chino, California. The Death Show, the Mighty Podcast. Podcast.